Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, host of the RouterFlex podcast and founder and CEO of our day job recruiting firm, RouterFlex. We hope you enjoy this episode. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast for updates and news. Finally, if you haven't already, check out the series of books we've published on hiring, interviewing, and overall career advice titled The RouterFlex Guide, available on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Most homeowners don't have the time or expertise to properly take care of their home, which causes costly issues to arise. That's where Cura Home Maintenance comes in. We're a full-service, routine maintenance company that was developed by a certified home inspector. Each quarter, we service our clients' homes following manufacturer's recommendations to properly maintain all the necessary appliances. We provide the materials and expertise to prolong the life of your property, creating a healthy and efficient environment for your family. From top to bottom, we'll maintain and service your home. To get started, we have a property inspection to determine what needs to be maintained, and a maintenance plan is created based on your preferences. From refrigerator coils to filters, vents, and drains, we do it all, and we do it well. Contact us today for your free routine maintenance inspection and never worry about your maintenance again. I went into the sport and um, it, it just forged me. It, it just curated me into the athlete I became. And then I was a four sport letterman at high school. And then I wrestled in college D1. That's great. Did you, uh, so you had a scholarship to wrestle d1 in college i mean that were you a state finalist placer did you win state how'd you do no no no. what happened was i blew out my knee at the sectionals i didn't even make the district tournament but the guy that i that i was beating took fourth in the state so there was some recruiters there and then the program that i went to was while it was d1 it wasn't a great program so it was a half like a like a third scholarship they had like pieces of scholarships particularly in the sport of wrestling, you don't get very, very, very few people get a full scholarship. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a tough sport, but I ended up getting uh, like my meals paid for my books paid for. Uh, and I think, you know, some, some living expenses as well on the I partial scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. Did you wrestle all four years in college? No, I blew up my knee again in uh, my my sophomore year and I transferred from University of Dayton to John Carroll University and that's when I went into coaching ah, so that okay. year I coached for my high school alma mater and I was there for four years as the head assistant and then I became the first uh, graduate assistant at John Carroll University's program when I was getting my master's so I coached from my high school alma mater to my college alma mater and I I, I graduated there and then I went uh, to my high school about four years later as the head coach. Ah, very good. How long were you head coach? I was head coach there five years, the first stint, and three years, the second stint. And both times I revived the program. When I took over the program in '87, Steve, uh, it was a story program. It was down to one kid K through 12. One. Huh? You mean one yep. kid on the team? Oh. On the entire in the entire school system that wrestled one. Oh my one. God. Okay. Wow. And within, within seven years, cause the five years as a head coach. And then I brought in my, one of my dearest friends as, as an assistant. And then when I retired in 
the first five years. He took over for those next uh, two years. We went from one kid to fourth in the state with six kids placing in the state tournament. Six, six, six state placers. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, uh, two that's finalists. yeah. Two finalists. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. My friend. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then I, then I redid it again in 14, 2000, that this was back in 87. And then in 2014, I came out of retirement and uh, the kid, the program was down to six kids, K through 12. Uh, after they had just graduated two, two-time state champs, and a really very stellar senior class, but the head coach wanted to go back down to Columbus where he was from originally and be his head coach at his high school alma mater. Mm. And so I took over that program and built it up to 120 kids in three years. Wow. It speaks to your ability to not only attract talent, but to mentor, motivate and inspire young men to, to want to come out for the sport, which, I know being a wrestling parent, it is a very tough sport, the toughest sport I, I, I have ever seen uh, uh, kids go through. I mean, you know, you watch your kid's face get slammed in the mat enough times a few feet away and, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, sir. And it's a very honest sport because you're, you're naked out there. You, you, there's nobody else to, to blame. That's right. And it's all merit based, which I absolutely adore because you get what you earned. Yep. Yeah. I always loved that about it. I'm like, hey, look at it. If you beat the other guy going out at 152 pounds, then you make the starting lineup. If he beats you, you don't make the lineup. Like that's it. <laughs> and it's hard to trash talk. Although there's, you know, this generation does like to trash talk because no matter what, what badass you think you are, there's oh, yeah, somebody better. Somebody- uh, yeah. I don't want to turn this into a football and wrestling podcast. I'll just tell a couple <laughs> more stories, but uh yeah. Yeah, you know, both my boys wrestled, and we had a good. We, th- that's why we moved to Johnstown, Colorado. Uh, sure. When I when I got the job, we were moving from Oklahoma, which was a pretty big wrestling state, as you know. Yeah, tough. Okay. We were moving from Oklahoma, and they wrestled there in middle school, junior high, stuff like that. Anyway, I'd got a job in Colorado, and so I'm calling around. This is before. I mean, internet was up, but wasn't like it is today. So I'm calling around. I'm like, look, this, I'm going to work north of Denver, between Denver and Fort Collins. I kind of live anywhere in there. Where's, where are the best programs? Who's, you know, so finally a few, a few guys were like, go talk to coach Pilato at Roosevelt. That's who you need to go see. Okay. Big time program, you know, always trying to win the state championship or close or whatever. Anyway, I flew into uh, Colorado, did my job interview. And then I drove right over to the school. This is just by myself. The boys weren't with me. I went into school. I asked the athletic director. I'm like, I'm from out of state. We're thinking about moving here. I want to talk to Coach Pilato. And so she took me right down the hall and he came out of that classroom. And the the aura, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but the but the bravado, I, I don't know what it was, but the way the he carried the charisma, the way he carried himself, the way those boys respected him and just the feel. Yeah. I called my wife at the airport. I'm like, we're moving to Johnstown. <laughs> <laughs> well that's why i did blood time because of the same thing how a coach transforms the athlete and then totally totally and then the nugget of blood time that blood time moment is what do they do with that transformation and the stories are astounding because yes. you know leaders in civic and in, in military and business in philanthropy in medicine in government all of these yep. individuals you know from world champions just to guys that just made the team, you know, 
Yep. But what they did with that transformation in the real world is really where the story lives. Because yep. then that reverberates, right? It reverberates. Couldn't so. agree more. I don't know very many former wrestlers that aren't successful in life for the most part. I mean, there's exceptions, but. Of course. Yeah. You know, most most of the time, uh, yeah, they're they're all grit and determination, work ethic, all of it, all of it. But uh, so, no more coach, yeah. no more coaching for you. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Forty five years later, I'm done. I hit uh, I hit the big <laughs> six, six, and I'm good. I'm good. You're good so. to go. You've had you've had it. Do you do you go to any more tournaments? Do you do you ever kind of? Well, the season hasn't started, so I retired in April after oh. the last season. Okay. And so, uh, but I, I probably won't go to much. I, I'm so really over it. And, and you know, uh, the, the podcast, I still stay in it because I just interviewed Wade Chalice, who arguably is one of the top, you know, 10 wrestlers ever, you know, be born yeah. in this country. Yeah. Uh, he's had three, na- three uh, moves named after him. Um, <laughs> Pretty cool. And uh, just interviewed the Air Force Academy head coach, Sam Harper. Oh. Okay. Right yeah. Okay. Uh, they had their first uh, first armed forces champion, national champion in 55 years in any of the armed forces. Was last that last year? year? Was that the last year? Oh, yeah. who was that? What was it? What was, what Wyatt, was it? Hendrickson. Wyatt Hendrickson. Wyatt Hendrickson. Okay. He was okay. a stud. Yeah, very cool. So, um, you know, so I'll stay in that. But I also, you know, uh, created with the former wrestler of mine, Wrestlers and Business Network, which is um, actually he's in your industry. He owns Alliance Staffing Solutions. Sat on his board, and um, there is uh, over sixty thousand members now. Uh, from our inception, it was his brainchild, but he came to me and he said, "Coach, I need you to help me get this off the ground." And, and we did it back in two thousand nine. Was just an idea on a LinkedIn group, and huh? here we sit. Yeah, sixty thousand members strong, with probably fifty chapters around the country. Very cool. The yeah. the blood time the blood time con uh, blood time podcast available on Spotify just about anywhere everywhere. Yep, yeah. Apple, you name okay. it. My heart. Okay, very good. Are you going to do like what one interview a month, one interview every few weeks? What are you thinking? Your well, we're in our we're now our fifth season, and we have we just fin- we just released our hundred second episode. Okay, so we're, we're about twenty five episodes a year. Okay, very good. Yeah. So, how does a former coach? You majored in history. I guess yeah. were you gonna were you were you thinking I'm just gonna be a history teacher and a coach? Was was that the plan? No, or, I never wanted to teach, and I never did teach. And I was always a businessman. So okay. uh, as a coach, I had to I had to leave my job, leave my office, leave my I company see. to go okay. coach. So I left a few dollars on the table, but it's okay. You know, <laughs> the treasures are really in the relationships. Uh, but at the end of the day, when I graduated with a history degree. I went into law school. Okay. I came from the hippie generation, man. I was born in 57 and I wanted to change the world. You know, Um, I wanted to uh, bring humanity to the world, man. I got a cold, uh, cold (laughs) water in the face when I went to law school and everybody's cheating to, 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 you know, pass the tests and scrambling to to stab this person in the back. I'm like, Oh my God, really? So, um, I left law school, got my master's in history, and uh, I went into the business world. I, with it, with I had the law degree, but I didn't have, I, I didn't go to the bar and all that, you know. So I had the, the knowledge of the of the of the legal um, education. So I, I, I had that in my back pocket. Okay. But I figured, you know, it's most of legal is no courtroom. It's all negotiations. 
behind the, you know, in the, in the, in the back room or whatever. Yeah. And I said, man, I might as well just do this in business and make money for myself. You know? So yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. And do you consider yourself now besides an entrepreneur and an overall businessman, functionally was marketing your expertise was sales your expertise what 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 how did you how did you classify yourself early on i don't you know you well, what happened yeah what happened was um i came out of the carter era and if okay. you're familiar with that it was the worst yeah. economy it was it was one of the worst presidents in the history of the, our country yeah uh, yep i mean you know just a weak president not really a smart guy wonderful guy but yeah nice horrible. guy N nice guy but you know horrible president <laughs> And so there was no jobs. When I graduated in 1980 from college, Steve, it was the largest graduating class in the history of our country. And there was no jobs, jobs you know. Yep. And so when Reagan got in there, uh, I went back to I went back to college because I couldn't find a job. You know, I mean, I could have I could have done, you know, McDonald's yeah. or whatever. But, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's plenty of people that are making yep. millions of dollars owning McDonald's, working with McDonald's, et cetera. But that said, I wanted to do something that I wanted to do. And so I went back to school, got my, my degree and coached and also worked part time for my family's paint factory. Ah, OK. Yeah. So that's how my that's how my grandfather made his money. Ah, and so okay. um, that's after that, after the graduation of my my master's, it was 83. Well, we already had three years of Reagan. So the economy was starting to boom. And so I walked into a, a friend of mine, actually it was a, a family, more than a friend, the Italians call Bars, which is more than a friend. It's, it's like a friend, uh, but a family member, right? But that are not related. And he, uh, he owned a radio station. And so I walked in there and uh, before you knew it, I was the local sales manager. I see. Okay. Very so good. I, I had no idea to get into marketing. None. Zero. Zero. <laughs> but you had the people skills for, for sales. You had the, the EQ, so to speak. You were probably always good with people. I'm sure you had to be, to be a coach for that long too. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, again, it, it was about, I cared about the person and sometimes it's bit me in the ass and that's okay. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but I was always empathetic and always try to put myself in the, in the seat of the person I'm doing business with. Yes. So I never really tried to sell them. I tried to provide a solution. Your folks, real quick, and your grandparents. So, how come you didn't just keep working for the family business, or did it did it wind down, or what was the story? Yeah, well, the the uh, there was a there was a falling out between my my grandfather and his brother in laws, uh, and so my grandfather started his own company, but died early. He was sixty five. I'm older right now than he ever was on the planet. Yeah. He died at sixty five, and my father didn't want to take over the business, so he sold the business. And went in to sell mainframe computers. Your dad. My, your dad sold yeah. the business. I see. Yeah. I see. My dad sold the business. He was a young man, 26 years old when his dad died. And then he went and, and he was selling mainframe computers at the time. He was selling for Univac. And then he went to sell for Honeywell and then uh, for Amdahl. So all the big the big boxes, you know, back before there was PCs. And he, he made a name for himself. He did very well. Uh -huh. I went to work when I was in high school and college during the summers for my other, for my family's paint factory, which was my, which was my grandfather's brother-in-law's and sister. I see. And so what I found out was it was very mismanaged. 
Wow. It was antiquated. And I went and I, I, I said, look, I can really help this company explode. If you'll, if you'll let me. If you'll let me. And they wouldn't let me. <laughs> and uh, matter of fact, uh, I went back to them. This is how crazy it got. So I never worked for them after that, after, after I graduated grad school. Um, and so I went back to them 13 years later. I was really good friends with uh, the CEO and the CEO's brother of a company called Park, Ohio, here okay. in town. It's a multi, 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 it's a, it's an old line business uh, conglomerate. They do, they make paint cans, they make brake parts, all the good stuff that, you know, made Cleveland, Cleveland. Right. Okay. That's a billion dollar company. And they wanted to buy this paint factory. They wanted to buy my my family's paint factory. And I had it sold for them for, um, for a small eight figure fee and they rejected it. Wow. I said, you know, you can basically, you just basically kiss my ass. Yeah, <laughs> and sadly, uh, sadly, the company went into receivership and uh, it went out of business in two thousand seven. That's tough. And somebody, somebody on that side, several people on the side, had to live with the fact that they could have taken that money. They could have, they could. Well, have I saw, and I would see her. She was my godmother. She was my godmother. Yeah, so I would see her family functions. And everything, you know, it was very nice and everything. But like, you're a knucklehead. <laughs> so one of the. One of the company, before I started Rider Flex, I was the president and COO for an apparel company and uh, had a chance. They had a chance. The owners, the founders, original founders, who they were still kind of semi-involved in the business and uh, had an offer for 40 million. Wouldn't take it. Wouldn't take it. I think it was five years later, out of business, chapter 11. Yep. There was a big um, ad agency here in town, Wise Advertising, same thing. He was offered 190 million. Back in the '90s, he said no, and it basically has got like 12 people working for it now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they were the guys that did. They were the guys that did Smucker. Yeah, oh. With a name like Smucker, it has to be good. Oh. <laughs> they did that, and they did the paint, the cover of the Earth with Sherwin Williams. They did that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're they're big. They're big time. And uh, before before I ask you about Razor, let me come back to family. Uh, well, how about you now? Uh, grandkids, kids, married, single. What 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 what's going on with Peter? Yeah, I'm on my second marriage. Okay. She's fantastic. Missy. Uh, she's a second grade teacher. She's a fantastic person. Awesome. And, How long have uh, you been married to her? Two years. Oh, wow. Uh, that's that's still yeah. pretty fresh. Holy cow. It is. It is. Two well, years. How long, how long were you single? I was single uh, nine years. All right. I was divorced uh, in 2013. Actually, eight years. I got married in 21. Okay. And I was, uh, they came out of a 30 year marriage, great lady, great mother. Uh, I got three great kids from her and, uh, just, you know, fantastic. I, I just, we just agreed to disagree and. Okay. Get along. So you get along with her fairly well. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's really no relationship there, but yeah. my kids and I get along great and, uh, she, they love her, their mother and, yep. and they, you know, so it's, it's good. It's good. any grand, any grandkids. Not yet. And I'm getting, I'm getting long in the tooth too. So I talked to my daughter, she's getting married next year. So who knows, maybe her, but. you got to have a little wrestler. She's got to have a little boy. You got to have a little wrestler so you can, you can help him out. Yeah. Well, my two sons, my two sons never touched the mat. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. They're both, they're both artists. Um, Okay. My middle son is, was just voted one of the top uh, gay artists in the country. How about that? Magazine. Yeah. How about that? And my uh, oldest is a writer. Uh, oh. he, you know, he, yeah, he does. You know, they, they didn't know. They 
they, they, they were not sports. And my, my baby, she was my athlete. She was the captain of the softball team. So I got to cheer that. Interesting. Very, very cool. Well, you'll yeah. probably have some grandkids sooner or later. Uh, it's uh, it has. Softened. I love my I love my grandnieces and grandnephews. Uh, my sister's got four of them. Uh, my other sister's going to have one soon, and so it's cool. It's cool. Uh, now, your one more question on the family. Your wife that you just married. I'm I'm guessing did she have some kids from her first marriage? Yeah, she's got two. Matter of fact, her baby girl just got married in Hawaii. We just got back from Kona, Hawaii. Okay, all right, cool. She lives out there with her with her new husband, and they run a food farm. Oh, really? It's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, real cool. It's real cool. The the wedding was like something out of Bali High. It was unbelievable. The, the it was just crazy. It was a twenty three acre farm, overlooking the Pacific Ocean at the north tip of the the Big Island, oh. and uh, he's a seventh generation Hawaiian. Really uh, it's cool. Yeah, and then they came back here. Uh, this was on the sixteenth of September. They came back here, and on the thirtieth, we had a big party at my house to celebrate for all the Northeast Ohio people that couldn't That's get nice. out. There. Now, the nicest thing about everything you just told me is now you have a permanent place in Hawaii to go on vacation anytime you want. You just fly down there. Stay I've been to Hawaii twice this year. Come on. Who's <laughs> <laughs> been to Hawaii twice that you know, let alone yeah. twice a year? All right. You know what I mean? All right. I like that. That's yeah, nice. So That's nice. That's definitely nice. going out there once or twice a year for sure. So going back to your career, um, Razor Marketing, were you a founder, co-founder of that, or just an officer? What? Yeah, walk walk me through that, because you, you're almost 20 years there. Walk us through that real quick. Yeah, the, uh, Razor was the in-house agency for a product I invented with my sister and my brother-in-law called Cough Pops, Cough Drop okay. on a Stick. Okay. And so we took that from kitchen table to international distribution. We were all 50 states, Canada, Mexico, Middle East, and, and uh, we were in every major retailer, Target, Walgreens, Walmart. Awesome. Rite Aid, CVS, you name it. Awesome. Um, and we sold that for a, a good number back in 2006. We, Congratulations. We it, uh, Congratulations. So we we did that. We took it from back, you know, from back room, uh, from basically kitchen table to to international distribution, as I nice. said. Nice. And uh, and in, and when I sold that, uh, we had all this amazing marketing knowledge. Okay. And some success. Um, from basically, you know, guerrilla marketing, if you will. And so we took that to the marketplace and started doing some of the most iconic campaigns in the history of Ohio. And um, then Razor, I saw the writing on the wall about six years ago. And so Razor now is just a division of Palladium. It's the marketing division. So Palladium really is the best practices company because really we look at all line items now, not just marketing. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you for walking me through that. So tell me Palladium. Uh, and by the way, for the listeners, it's PalladiumEdge.com. PalladiumEdge.com. Give us the uh, give us the overview on Palladium. Go for it. Yeah. So essentially what we do is we triage companies. We go in and we we do a deep dive. We find out what's right with a company, what's not so right with a, for, with a company. Where do they want to be and why and how fast? And we get them there. And that could be everything from top line growth to line item efficiencies to EBITDA growth to valuation growth to uh, looking to acquire companies, looking to be acquired, looking to raise capital or all the things in between. So we get engaged for a singular uh, best practice, some type of a would be a la carte uh, or a hybrid solution or a full blown strategic master plan. And uh, we just recently sold help uh, a lift truck company three uh, dealership lift truck company here in the Midwest. 
So what we did was we took them, they were looking to sell and they really didn't have a buyer and they were looking at maybe 28 million to, 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 to get as the number okay. a time, up, hold your, hold, hold your horses. So we, we went in there, we did the triage. Um, didn't have the right, didn't have the right officers in place and oh, their, yeah. their, their uh, fantasy valuation number. I'm guessing that's what they weren't worth that when you went. No, they were, they were, they were undervalued. So, oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, okay. so what happened was, and this is your industry, right? So I went to, I went to my guy who's, who's in your industry and I said, I need three executives. Yep. And then I went to Toyota uh, corporate. I said, I got a fantastic undervalued uh, lift truck company, but you're going to have to pay the, you're going to have to pay the price. Okay. We got it, we got it up to 40 million. We sold nice. it for 40 million. Nice. And, and Toyota's Toyota is, notorious for clawbacks so they they went with a three million dollar clawback we got that down to six hundred thousand dollars cool so he walked away with almost 14 million more than he thought he was going to get how about that very good very good now but you do everything from save the company clean up the company uh, sell the company get it ready for sale you name it you guys can do it yep we sure can and that's how we do the deep dive so we find out basically steve what is the pain and where is the desire and why aren't you getting there? Yeah. And so we put together that plan. What percentage of the companies you serviced are looking to sell versus please save us. We're dying. Uh, 90% uh, healthy or looking to sell 10% uh, reclamation projects. Yeah. Reclamation is a good word. Thank you. And that's probably the, the, a larger percentage probably isn't that because once they're at that point, they don't have the money to pay you anyway, most of the time. Exactly. And I, I, I just, you know, at this point in my life, I just cannot not get paid. Yeah. What I'm worth. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Even if they're like, hey, if you'll save us, we'll give you a piece of the company. And you're like, that's okay. Well, you know, I have that right now with a company that I'm doing business with, with a very dear friend. Matter of fact, I met with him today. Okay. And I'm, I'm okay with that. But he still paid us. He still paid us. He just didn't, he, he paid us basically cost and i'm okay, okay with that yeah i do some of those cost deals for my super close friends i mean sometimes or if i really want the logo if i really want the name recognition of the client i'll do something special if i'm trying to use it for marketing purposes or something do you work uh i'm, I'm guessing you structure it in all kinds of different ways or are you pretty rigid with hey it's a straight hourly rate or it's a project rate or it's a percentage of the sale uh kind of curious as to how you line it up yeah so we we the deep dive is non-negotiable. Okay. It's very important. And so okay. that's, that's a good chunk. Right. But then the strategic master plan, we can do a couple of different ways going forward. Typically it's a retainer plus a success fee okay. for some type of percentage. Um, or there is a bonus structure that if we hit their number plus a certain thing, we get a percentage of the company or a percentage on top of the, Okay. Very good. You know, it's interesting on the whole retainer or some cash in the bank up front. We just recently, I just got really irritated this, the last, within the last six months. Yeah. Burned, burned two or three times where I let a deal slide. I, I was, you know, it was somebody I kind of knew, you know, don't make them pay the deposit that I would normally make people pay. And then we get screwed. I called my co-founder, Scott, to, about a month ago. And I said, I said, that's it. I said, I don't, and unless there's a retainer, unless there is cash in the bank of some kind. Yeah. We're not, 
picking up the pencil and doing an inch of work until I know they're vested in some way. Like I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm tired of I'm tired of chasing the cash. I'm tired of people paying slow. I'm just I'm tired of anyway. I'm sorry, yeah. just just venting, Peter. Sorry. No, no, Steve. I, and I, I learned that a long time ago. You know, so uh, you know, I got burned back in the. 2000, about 2002, 2003, 2004, I got stuck, stuck for about 600 grand and uh, got real good at negotiating. And so um, what we do is we know that there's skin in the game on our side. If there's not skin in the game on their side, they're not going to pay attention. So I, I, I need a little, I need a, yeah, I need a little bit of pinch, right? Yes. Pinch, pinching that ass, man. Let's go, brother. Totally. Totally. You know? yeah, um, yeah. Could, and if you don't respect, more. yeah, and it's about mutual respect too. You know, I just yeah. posted on LinkedIn: teach people how to treat you. Go yes. where you go and be where you're celebrated. So if you're not, if you know, if I'm not celebrated by walking, why the fuck are you hiring me? Excuse me. Exactly. You know. Yeah. I mean? No. It's totally so, agree. I, I fired yeah. two clients. I fired two clients this year, and I remember when we first started. You know, of course, when you first start, you kind of starve and you, you do whatever it takes. You know, you bend over. Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. know. But I'm, I'm way past that now. This year, there's two clients where I just got on the call and said, we're done. Have a nice life. See you. Good right, luck. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, and the other thing, too, is, um, you know, I, I, I know that if you do the research, you know, the, the foundation is there. The success is there. So I, I'm not proving myself. To, I, yeah, Totally agree. You know, yeah, so. total, total, totally agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, okay. So, and then your target, small, medium, Fortune 500. And let's also tie that into a second part of the question, which is any certain industry. Yeah. How do you want to answer that? Well, we're agnostic to the industry and we're also agnostic to the side and hear why, because okay. well, you have a, I have a singular solution that could play with Sherwin Williams. Okay. You know, and, and, and literally there's very little investment. If, if, if there's $7,500 to engage this solution that will bring them millions, it's a lot. And it's because right. of my relationship with the provider. So we're, we're technically a reseller, but we're really not. We're more of a referral agent. Okay. And uh, you got 1099 consultants on the side waiting in the wings on the flight deck for you to send, send off of the, the aircraft carrier or you carry in W2 folks or a little bit of both. Yeah. We're, we've got nine employees and then we got probably, depending upon the engagement 500 <laughs> 1090 i mean obviously i'm, I'm being people you could tap people you but, could tap yeah. yeah we could bring that we could bring the a team okay you're very good i figured you were carrying some as w2 and then you had others that you bring in and flex up as as needed uh Indeed. yeah yeah i figured how many active clients are you usually running at a time on average i know that's varies but we're we're right now running around 60 yeah, that's busy. That's busy, my friend. How are you? Uh, how come you're not retired? You sold that. You sold that last company. How come you need to stop? Or are you just you? you tell me what you're well, doing. Steve, you? Well, Steve, not only am I not retired, I just started another food company with my recipes in the guacamole space, and we're going to be on the shelves in January. Oh my gosh, you you still got plenty of energy. By the way, you look like you're still in great shape. Yeah, yeah I woke up this morning, 130 pounds. Uh, and I'm, you know, five, seven, 130. Yeah. With a 29 inch waist, I'm two pounds less than my scratch weight in high school wrestling. What? Okay. Yep. Holy shit. I feel, I feel out of, I feel, I feel fat talking to you right now. Holy cow. What, what are you, you, are you eating vegetables every day? What, what's your diet? 
Come on, no, baby. man. It's all whole. It's all one ingredient food. So I very rarely eat anything that's processed. My body's like a like a like a furnace. Okay. And I'm you know I do I do two exercises well three stretching, walking, and lifting. What do you lift now? What's your lift like? When you say so, walk us. Can you mind giving me a few little details? Like like twenty sure. minutes of lifting, some light lifting. What what are you talking about? Yeah, I do. I do about twenty to twenty five minutes of lifting three days a week. Okay. I walk probably around uh, two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand steps a month, and wow. I stretch the other four days. Okay. All right. No, uh, no uh, cheeseburgers and pizzas at your house. Sure. Yeah. Fridays, you know, we we do a we do a pizza or a cheeseburger. Um, tonight I'm making uh, chicken marsala with my wife when she gets home with lemon uh, angel hair pasta and a, nice, <laughs> uh, and a nice romaine salad. Is she but, in uh, super good shape too? I'm guessing she is. She, uh, she, yeah, she recently has gotten into really good shape. She looks magnificent. Well, it'd be hard not to be in shape living with you. Well, you know, <laughs> you know. Would think, I guess, right? But at the end of the day, uh, it's been a recent thing for her, and she really is just taking it to like a fish to water. Uh, She's magnificent, um, and I'm so proud of her. Well, tell me about this guacamole thing. Give it. uh, Are you ready to announce any websites or anything? Give any info, or is it still too early? Well, it's called Avocado Goodness Incorporated. We're working on the website. We're working on the all, all the social media. My 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 brilliant brilliant chief marketing officer, Kyle Obendorf, who I absolutely adore. He's a terrific guy and uh, a beast too. You see this dude, man, he played in NFL Europe, but uh, he's, he's, he created the logos, he created everything. And, um, and so how it came about was when I was dating my now wife, six, seven years ago, we, we started first started dating actually about five years ago when we got serious, we would go on a Sunday fun day. And there was this Cuban restaurant here called Paladar and we would go there and they would do these guacamole samplers. And I was never a big guac guy, but I okay. tasted it. I said, that's pretty good, you know? So I went home and I don't know why, but I said, I could do better. And I did. And I started <laughs> to take it to parties. And before you knew it, Steve, in 10, 15 minutes, the, the, the guac was gone. How about that? Pretty cool. And so, yeah. And so I would, <laughs> I would get asked to parties, making sure that the guac was with me. <laughs> and they would care more about the guac than me. And I was cool. With that. Uh, it was cool. Uh, matter of fact, matter of fact, one of my wrestling coaches, one of my wrestling captains was a great kid, uh, a kid by the name of Owen McClintock. His mother, Kelly, is our dentist. And she okay. called me today. She just I just sent my sister to her and she says, I love your sister, but I, I want your guac. And I went out there today and I just dropped off some <laughs> two samples of guac. So she goes, I didn't mean today. I didn't mean today. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's good. So you're anyhow, far, so you're far from retirement. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 you know, it's going to put, you know, the only thing that will retire me is the grave. I want to yeah. work the day I die. So, because it's are you me. Doing, are you it's doing, uh, this may be too personal. I don't know if you want to ask this. Are you doing any stem cell? Are you doing any injections? Are you doing any testosterone shots i mean I, you know i i listen to the uh, i listen to some of the rogan podcasts you know and he's fucking he takes every shot you can take to to yeah. stay healthy at your age are you doing anything no i've never been on a med except to just literally the last two months i started to take a meprazole for um reflux okay uh, that's so, it that's the only yeah. pill you're on that's it that's it uh my numbers are stunning i get the, the preferred super preferred for insurance and all that um 
But at sure. the end of the day, um, I, it, I just had a an endoscopy, you know, to check, right? Because mm -hmm. I was having some swallowing issues. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. said, it looks fantastic. What are you doing? I go, you're taking your medicine and I'm, and you told me what not to do and I'm not doing it. So, um, you know, it's all diet, bro. It's all yeah. diet. Man. But you got to get good sleep. You got to get good hydration. Don't, you know, I've never, I've never been a big part. I've never, I've never done a drug in my life. I never even held a joint in my hand. To this really? Day. Yeah. Well, what happened was when I was 13, I was living next door to these, these guys who were fantastic. They were my, my bigger brothers. One was four and five years older, but they got in the wrong crowd and they, they made me who I was up until that point. I was 13 years old. Okay. And, um, it was it was the day after my birthday, July seventh. My birthday, July sixth, when I was third. I just turned thirteen, and I looked over there, and there was an ambulance carting them both away. They almost OD'd on heroin, mm. and I made a pact to my, myself that day in 1970. I would never touch a drug, and I never have to to this day. So, to not do a drug growing up as a young man in the 70s, the early 70s, that was tough because it was all around you, everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, how about everywhere about, today too? I mean, you go to the grocery true. store and you smell ganja. I mean, it's like what the hell is this skunk going? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, will you have a glass of wine? You do do wine at night now, or or no? Not even no, no wine. Yeah, no you know, night. I I I was always a light drinker. You know, maybe one or two a week, if that. Okay. But uh, since I was having the swallowing issues, one of the things they said is do not drink, and I have not drank in uh, about three months, and I feel fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's, and my throat looks, he said, look, your throat looks phenomenal. You know, I will confess, I always feel better if I don't have a couple of drinks. The problem, and so I do admit, like, I always feel better in the morning if I don't have a drink or two. Yeah. But the problem is, I like to have a drink or two. <laughs> That's it. I want both. Well, I do, I can, do can miss, a, yeah, I do miss, you know, once in a while, I have a nice, good, you know, robust glass of red wine with yeah. some pasta, or, you yeah. know, whatever. But, I believe me, you don't you don't want to go with I went through. I mean, I I was having choking issues. It was terrible. Ooh, yeah, it was yeah, terrible. Yeah. And I ended up in the ER because I couldn't swallow some uh, some vitamins. And I got stuck, and it was stuck for seven hours, and I had to go under, and they had to push it down. Ooh, so, oh, oh, yeah, that'll that'll okay, yeah, that'll that'll uh, that experience will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. woke me right the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you before we're, uh, we're wrapping up here, just real quick. Um, looking at our time here, uh, curious as to your thoughts around the technology and and AI advancements that you're seeing now as an experienced entrepreneur businessman you're, you're a seasoned guy you've seen a lot you got scars you've seen you've been to battle uh and you see all this happening with some things in the last 12 months and chat gpt and all these other tools especially as chat gpt and mid journey and all these other things that i would think are affecting marketing agencies um yeah. just kind of just what, what are your thoughts peter just in general about the advancement of technology and and where you might see it going and and i know this is a broad question and then i just want to tie it too into do you think there'll be job loss and what, what do you see happening just curious well look at the end of the day when i started my first agency in 1987 what i could do on this 
right? It took me a 2,000 square foot office, a secretary, or maybe even two, filing cabinets, huge tapes, you know, whiteboards, uh, you name it, right? Storyboards, all that. And I could literally do this. Look, look at what we're doing right here. Okay. Yep. This is Star Trek shit. Yep. Um, yeah, of course. It, it eradicated my need for my secretary. It eradicated my need for a 2,000 square foot office for that. Uh, uh, obviously, other things you need office space for. Yeah. And it and it cut down on any product that I had to buy that was expensive. The tapes were mm. expensive. Cameras were expensive. Mm. You know, so, yeah, there's job loss. I remember charging a lot of money for PR retainers. You know, uh, so... You know, I remember charging a lot of things for a lot, you know, for logo design and yep. branding design and all that. And today you can go to Fiverr and get, you know, 50, 50 different brands for, you know, five bucks. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's going to change it. It's a little overhyped right now, just like blockchain was, okay. you know, just like crypto. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of overhype, but the, pro, you know, just like EVs, EVs are overhyped right now. But, okay. but. All of this is going to continue to get better. So it's about it's incumbent upon, I think, the student individual to put themselves in the in in that evolution. Yes, utilize, bingo. You know, to utilize it. So if you're saying to me, uh, EVs are never going to be something, I think you're missing the boat because that's the same thing that people said that they were driving horse and buggies to the internal combustion engine. Right. Yes, right now they suck. Yeah. But they're not going to suck 10 years from now. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out how to be have better batteries. We're going to figure out how to, to not have the, the, the carbon footprint, the waste of making an EV. We're going to figure out how to have better charging stations or less charging, needing a less charge, you know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just the way that we are. And that's uh, where I think AI is. But it's also in the hands of the user, right? Because AI is, at this point, is just neutral. If you're using it as an astute person, you're going to have wealth transfer for you. And you're seeing a lot of wealth transfer, particularly in the hands of the youth, because mm -hmm. they know how to use the technology. Yep. yep. You know? And so that said, are you going to use it for good or are you going to use it for nefarious reasons? Right. There'll always be bad guys out there. I mean... Well, look at, you know, I don't want to get too political right now, but look what happened to Israel. They went the opposite. They used analog. They used carriers. They So they went around the intel that was created by the digital, you know, shield. Mm -hmm. And they went really, 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 really old school. So with technology, you have tremendous power, but you also have tremendous vulnerabilities. That's true. So, yep. you know, so we need to, we need to understand that and not be emotionally co-opted by it, but objectively viewing it as a tool. Uh, there you and, go. Yeah. 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 I couldn't agree more uh, as far as you can't run away from it. You can't hide from it. You, you should be very aware. You should be up to date on it and you should learn how to use it to your advantage. I, that's what I tell candidates that's what i tell hiring managers that's what i tell my own people i was like look 
chat gpt for example has used that one there's so many things but i mean it's like that, that's not going away so you might as well learn how to use it to make you stronger smarter and faster i mean use it yeah. to your advantage I, you know uh it, it now, we it just is, did a business plan for my avocado company yeah and we used part part of it was done through chat gpt sure sure i would have had to charge i would have had to pay oh, ten thousand yeah. dollars even as even as, as far away as five years ago for a, for a business plan, no doubt, no it cost doubt. me ninety nine dollars. <laughs> exactly, and it's not and it's not perfect yet. And sure, sure, you're gonna find no, you're gonna no. tweak, you're gonna you're gonna tweak the whatever spit out. But it, boy, it's a, gives you a base to work from, just like that, you know. Strong base, uh, a strong you base. know, a strong base, and uh, I think it's gonna move faster. Last thing on that that whole topic is uh, here's what I'll be glad to have happen. You know, I got all these new tools, right? Whether it's mid journey or, 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 or chat GBT or Hey Jen, I got all these things. I got to have all these different fucking logins and all these different monthly payments. And all this. I just want one general AI assistant. I want one little robot, one little hot female robot lady that pops up on my screen. And I just want to be able to talk to her and tell her what I need. And she goes to all these things and brings in for me what I need. And I think, by the way, that is not too far off. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> Steve, if you can, if you can imagine it, it will be done. Yeah. I think it's not too far away. Uh, I was telling, I was telling my wife the other day, I'm like, where's my general, by the way, have you tried uh chat GPT's uh, voice response yet from the phone app? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, just having a conversation with it, it's like, oh, I, it's getting close. It's getting very close. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting closer. Anyway, uh, yeah, they say you know what Kurzweil said: the singularity is coming in twenty thirty. So get ready. I, I, yeah. See what I, happens. I I believe it. I mean, you know, I'm worried about. I'm worried for my granddaughters a little bit. I'll be dead before before it gets too crazy. Before before John Connor and Sarah Connor, I don't know if you knew from, from the Terminator movie. Before all that happens, me and you'll probably be gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I saw. So, uh, I saw yeah, I saw, a, um, I saw a uh, meme the other day. George Orwell says, "I wish I was wrong." <laughs> totally right. I mean, how much of that? But remember reading that book in high school or college? Like, how much of that book are you like? Wow. He was a few years off, but still. <laughs> uh, PalladiumEdge.com. PalladiumEdge.com. Go there. Uh, you can click on the learn more, click out the con click the, the contact button, whether you you need help figuring out what's wrong with your business. And by the way, I was going to mention this earlier. Every business needs help of some kind. I, I've never and I've ran, I ran a couple of $40 million companies as a CEO and president before I started Rider Flex. And I was been in uh, known many executives. I have mm -hmm. never in my life at the age of 56 walked away from a company visit and went back to the hotel and said to myself, wow, that company's perfect. There is nothing they can do better. <laughs> like that. Everybody <laughs> needs help. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to admit it and whether they want to pay for it. That's it. Bingo. Bingo. 100% right. 100 uh, Peter, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the Rider Flex podcast. I really appreciate it. Steve, you're, ma you're amazing. Uh, keep doing great work. You're doing great work, and I appreciate it and honored to be on.
Thank you.